2: And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program live and underway. Glad to have you with us. We're a day away from Indiana's second and final exhibition game coming up on Thursday night. So a lot of fun with hoops this week. High school girls basketball started last night in our state. There was a handful of local teams in action, but even more will be playing later in the week and this weekend as well. So basketball all around as we enter the month of November and uh, IU preparing to finalize its exhibition schedule before opening up the regular season next week against Moorhead State. Welcome into the show. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You can catch us live here in the 11 a.m. hour on the Big X. And don't forget, a podcast is also available. If you miss the live show, you can always find us wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. If you've got questions on IU basketball for our upcoming guest or maybe something from a local perspective, you can send those in. And Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick me up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Also, the show lineup for today, a service each and every day here on the program of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one: We've got some headlines and some news and notes. And my producer today, Justin Kalin, is going to jump on here later in the segment and talk a little bit about Providence football. That's the final local team left in the uh, football season, uh, as far as local teams go, competing for a sectional championship. And we'll tell you about Providence's big challenge coming up on Friday night. Also later in the hour it's wednesday so dustin dopirac of the bloomington herald times will stop by we'll get you all set for marion the excuse me we'll get you all set for saint francis the second exhibition game of the hoosiers coming up on thursday night and you know with marion there was a local connection with luke goman of floyd central on the marion roster of course steve downing the athletic director at marion a former iu basketball player there also is a connection, both local and with IU, to the St. Francis team coming in on Thursday night, and I'll tell you about that coming up a little bit later as well. And then later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he'll be with us. I want to get his thoughts on Providence's chances against undefeated Tecumseh in high school football, a sectional championship game on Friday night, and Providence volleyball in a 3A state title game on Saturday basketball beginning, boys basketball just around the corner. And Josh will join us to talk about all those things coming up here in just a bit. Uh, that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. All right, let's look at some headlines today. First and foremost, the connection to St. Francis coming to town on Thursday night to take IU in the second exhibition game. Uh, Brayton Bailey of Bedford North Lawrence, the son of Damon Bailey. I had forgotten he is on the St. Francis roster. He is now a junior for St. Francis. And so pretty neat for him. He'll get a chance to play at Assembly Hall where where his father had so many great games, a Hall of Fame career for the Hoosiers. So that's a connection to pay attention to. Thursday night, also locally, Brandon Northern, the son of Bryant Northern, who was a great player, won a couple state championships at Silver Creek in boys basketball. He's a freshman at St. Francis, and that's a really, really good uh, program, small college program. There is no question about that, and they have been in national championship situations before, so a really good team at their level, and uh, maybe not the challenge for Indiana, uh, in the exhibition season, but definitely a really quality ball club in our state. And so uh, we'll have some local connections there with Brayton Bailey, the son of Damon Bailey, and with uh, Brandon Northern of Silver Creek. It's going to be interesting to see Brandon, who got a little D1 interest throughout his career, uh, what, he, uh, what he's able to do as a freshman and what opportunities he gets uh, as a freshman in this always solid St. Francis program. So uh, that's a couple of local things. I don't know that the score... It's going to keep you in tune to the game on Thursday. It's probably going to be more about rotations and really digging into this Indiana team, who's playing well, and uh, seeing how things mesh together, or in some cases, don't. But uh, there is some local connections there for you to pay attention to with both Northern and Bailey in that game coming up on Thursday night. Uh, One recruiting note worth mentioning, IU and Jeff Rabjohns said this yesterday on our program, if you missed it. IU very, very active this fall on a national level. Uh, Coach Woodson and the assistant coaches have really been out there taking a look at some of the key prospects in 2024 and also 2025. 25, you've got a lot of great players here in the state, so you don't have to travel that far. 2024, they've been everywhere looking at players this fall. And national top 25 2024 prospect, his name is Samto. Cyril, hope I said that name right. He plays with the Overtime Elite Program down in Georgia, down in Atlanta. Uh, He has scheduled an official visit to Indiana coming up the weekend of November 12th. He's 6'10", 235 pounds, a 7'6 wingspan for Cyril, who is a four-star prospect. He's number 23 nationally in the 24-7 class. You can imagine he's got a lot of suitors that are interested in him But Indiana making some real moves to get very involved with a lot of key players in some of these younger classes, and it's going to be interesting to see how this materializes for Indiana as things move forward. Also, you know, lots of praise each day for the Hoosiers. I was looking at a roundup earlier today of all the preseason rankings and where Indiana's at, who's got them projected to finish first in the Big Ten Conference, so we know that there's a lot of positive thought about this team and perhaps what they could accomplish this season. But CBS Sports and Matt Norlander, uh, they ranked the best college basketball team in each state in the USA. Who is going to have the best season here in 2022-23? And from the state of Indiana, it's not the Hoosiers. Uh, Tell you what, uh, Norlander has the Purdue Boilermakers as the team he thinks that will produce the best record, the best season uh, from the Hoosier State. So that's against the grain. Uh, That is definitely a projection in the minority. But if you needed something Hoosier fans to get under your skin a little bit here on this Wednesday, Norlander's pick of the Boilermakers being the best team in Indiana when it's all said and done is probably something that will get to you. I tell you, though, I I know Purdue hasn't got the love across all the media guys uh, that maybe Norlander's giving them. Uh, I don't always see them as high in the Big Ten as what I think they could be. But I do think Purdue will be really good. I do think Purdue will be a great challenge for Indiana. Obviously, that's a series that's protected on the schedule. We get to see the Hoosiers and the Boilermakers twice each season. So uh, I think it'll be good. And I think Purdue will be a good team when it's all said and done as well. Coming up, uh, some high school basketball tonight. I don't think we have any local teams in action. I know New Washington had a game yesterday to start the season. Some other locals from outside of our area were uh, in action as well. And there'll be a lot of girls teams that get things underway later this week. So high school sports, football wrapping up in the state tournament. The sectional championships coming up Friday. Providence, the only team left. Girls basketball starting. Just a busy time right now in the high school sports world. Justin Kalin producing the show today. He's uh, been our voice of Southern Indiana football all season long. And I tell you, most of our games have been on our sister station, 94.7, because the Big X is now the home for St. X football in Louisville. But it works out. St. X has a Thursday night game this week. Providence in that sectional championship game. That broadcast will air here on the Big X coming up on Friday night. Justin, it's the Pioneers who have had a terrific season. They're going to take on undefeated Tecumseh in the sectional championship game on Friday night. Can this Providence team... Get it done. They're the only hope we have left to win one. Can they be victorious Friday night, Justin? I,
3: I would imagine so, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen this Providence team play, I guess, three times throughout this season, and they're a good little team. Ever since their quarterback, Carter Lannon went down with injury about three games into the season, Preston Kemp has came in and done a really nice job for them. And to be honest with you, they have a bunch of playmakers, whether it's Kate Unruh or Luke Crewer. Nolan Finnegan, another guy that gets a lot of touches. I mean, they they have a lot of talent, and they, they are going to face a stiff test on Friday, no doubt, but I think they could pull it off, yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. Big weekend for Providence, Justin. You've got the football team on Friday night hosting a sectional final game, and then the volleyball team obviously always dominant. They're back up at Muncie, this time playing for a 3A state championship in volleyball on Saturday Great weekend to be a Pioneer fan.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's weekends like this in the fall that make you just appreciate sports moving forward, going into basketball season, even wrestling, and then before we turn the calendar towards the spring season. So, yeah, it's it's nice to see success early in the season, especially for one one program and one fan base. But, I mean, you'd ideally like to see it in multiple schools, but it's nice that at least one school, one area school is having a plethora of success.
2: All right, Justin, you've uh, had the call, as I mentioned basically of Southern Indiana High School football every Friday night. You've seen a lot of the area teams. Uh, We were excited uh, that I know some bye situations in 5A and 6A helped, but we had basically every local team still alive going into the semifinal round. Things did not go so well for our locals last Friday because uh, we've got one team left now. That's the Pioneers that you just gave us your rundown on. But overall, can you wrap up the season for us? I've been critical of Southern Indiana football in its immediate area that we just don't seem to get the big-time teams uh, as far as competing for state championships and making deep runs into the tournament like New Albany was able to surprise everybody and do last season. But how do you uh, close out this season? We hope Providence is able to to make that kind of run. But for the others that won't be in action on Friday night, summarize the situation for us.
3: Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you've been critical because, I mean, that's – pretty much the same way I would be as well. If if we're being completely truthful, it was disappointing for a number of area teams this year, the Jeffersonville's, the Floyd Centrals, the New Albany's specifically. Even Silver Creek had taken a step back this year, which was pretty disappointing to see. But then last week, you had Charlestown. We thought Charlestown and Providence had the best chance to advance on. A Charlestown team just... 10-0 and 0 in the regular season, and they just couldn't get it done last Friday. So that was disappointing to see. I think Clarksville had a really good run this year. Um, seeing them lose Robert Lamar is pretty scary going forward for them. Um, but all in all, yeah, pretty disappointing year for our area teams, but hopefully Providence can right the wrongs in that regard.
2: Yeah, just to have a sectional champion in this area is big. Yeah. And if Providence can find a way to muster a victory against Tecumseh, on Friday, that would be big stuff. This Tecumseh team, the Braves, they must be really good. 10-0 uh, and 0 on the season, and if you look at a lot of their scores, uh, they really have not been challenged this season. No. I think their closest game was a sectional first-round game against South Spencer, which was a 35-27 win. So eight points, the closest that anybody came, and so many games were just blowouts for them this season.
3: Yeah, they can put up points in a hurry. So the defense for Providence is going to be big time, on Friday if they want to try to pull off that win. But on the flip side of that, they've got to put up points on the board offensively as well, which I'm not worried about them getting points offensively, but the defense has got to step up and play massive if they want to pull that upset off.
2: All right, Justin Kalin, the producer of this show today and voice of high school football here on the Big X. Uh, hey, IU football, why wow, I've got you. Are you mm. – uh, still engaged, or are you just thinking about IU basketball right now?
3: I am 1,000% on IU basketball and have been for about five weeks now. It, I don't know. You, This football team has just been really hard to watch, and maybe I was spurned last year coming off that two-win season, and so I didn't have the highest hopes for this year as it was. But then that you come out and they lay that egg in the first half against Idaho, and from that point forward – it just it has not been engaging for me at all.
2: I'll be totally
3: honest with you
2: in some strange way and we know Penn State's going to be very tough at home. There's no question yeah. about that, but in in some strange way, I am almost more intrigued or interested to watch a few things. Not that I expect Indiana to win on a Saturday against Penn State, but I'm almost intrigued to see What happens with the quarterback situation and some other guys that might get a chance that we previously had not seen thinking about the future because of some injuries and things like that. So in a weird way, I know it's not going to go well. I think the season for the most part is over as far as victories go, but there are a couple things that I think maybe we can get some answers on the rest of the way that give a look into IU football for next season and future years.
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I would not be against putting Dexter in the game. Um, but that, then you're talking about how tough that is with Camper being out for the year. Who's he going to throw the ball to? I mean, there are still a few playmakers in that wide receiver room. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, just just throw the third stringer in there. Let's see what happens.
2: All right, Justin Kalen, before we let you go, IU basketball's here. A big easy win over Marion Saturday. St. Francis coming up on Thursday night. What's uh, What's caught your eye about this team the most? I know there's – a lot of different players that you could speak to and a lot of different things about this team that uh, give confidence this could be a good year in Bloomington. But what's what's got you most excited about the upcoming regular season?
3: See, the easy answer there would be the freshmen, the Malik Renews and the Jalen hood Shafinos of the world. But for me, it's just the depth of this team. It's It's got more depth than we've seen an Indiana team have in quite a few years. So. Even if you do, knock on wood, get some of those injury bugs coming in and biting, you've got backups for those guys. And that's that's something you haven't always been able to say with Indiana for the past, I don't know, 10, 12 years or so.
2: Justin, I'll be honest. I have thought differently about this team in the last two or three weeks. I forget uh, what Big Ten network analyst it was. I think it was Trey Dims, former Northwestern player he was at an IU practice and he tweeted out some comments or recorded a video uh, from the court there at at Assembly Hall that said you know, their second five uh, in many ways is as good as others in the Big Ten Mm -hmm. and has guys on there that would be starters at other Big Ten schools. And I really had never thought about it that way, but when you go through some of that projected second five for the upcoming season, that really is the case. And so when you think about what Indiana has depth-wise – backups coming off the bench when there are foul problems or someone's not having a good uh, game. I think I've given a little more thought to that and have even more confidence in this Indiana team than what I previously did.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the second five, a lot of those guys could start for this team if there weren't the Trace Jacksons and the Race Thompsons. I mean, you take those two guys out of the equation – Renewing Duncombe could start no problem for this team and, and have a lot of success doing so. So, yeah, I think that second unit will go a long way for Indiana this year. If they're able to even compete at half the level that first unit will, It's it. watch out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no
2: No question. Justin Kalen, thank you, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me. All right, Justin Kalen with us here in the opening segment. So some headlines of the day here on November 2nd and a quick chat on local sports and more with Justin. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, more IU basketball. We'll have Dustin Dopeirak on from the Bloomington Herald Times. We'll get you ready for the Thursday night exhibition against St. Francis. And uh, don't forget, send in your text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
2: And we're back here on this Wednesday program, a little breaking news will play a little later in the uh, non-conference season. They have imposed a four-game suspension for their coach, Bill Self, also for lead assistant Curtis Townsend to begin this season in response to the NCAA's ongoing investigation into potential wrongdoing by its top two coaches, the school announced on Wednesday. So some interesting stuff there just coming out minutes ago. That's from Kyle Boone with CBS sports with us now is Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald times. He covers the IU beat for the Bloomington paper and is with us Wednesdays to break down IU basketball and football. Uh, some, some interesting news there out of Kansas, uh, Dustin, a team Indiana is going to play in a big non-conference game, uh, in a month or so.
4: Yeah, no, for sure. It's, I mean, um, Starting with four, I think, is interesting. I mean, I haven't had a chance to see. Obviously, Self-Name has been, uh, you know, part of a lot of the uh, wrongdoing, going back to the, or part, not part of the wrongdoing, but, but has, has been part of the discussion, uh, you know, going back to a lot of the, um, you know, FBI stuff and, and this general look into, um, uh, I don't know, more or less recruiting malfeasance, uh, you know, for several years. So we're, we're sort of waiting to see what, if any hammer was ever going to drop on, on Kansas. And I guess it, it's interesting if it's, if this is going to be the end of it, or if it's just the beginning of it, uh, is is intriguing. I, mean, I haven't had a chance to see kind of the specifics or what the specific justification is um, yet, because I've been driving around. But um, in, in, in definitely interesting. Obviously, it does not, um, you know, obviously by that point, self will will be back uh, for the Indiana Kansas game. It'll long since be back by that point. Um, but uh, interesting to see just if if this in any way changes. Uh, you know, any trajectory for Kansas creates any kind of, you know, sort of tension over there um, if more comes out or whatever that, that leads to Kansas to think about, um, you know, wanting to make a change or whatever. Uh, you know, at, at this point, maybe not too much of an effect, but you never know if it's, you know, sort of the more that comes out and if, and if the, um, you know, if the NTA on some level demands more than what uh, Kansas will give as far as suspension is concerned.
2: Yeah, they've also announced uh, a number of other self-imposed uh, penalties, the reduction of four official visits during the academic year and also 23-24, the reduction of three total scholarships in men's basketball to be distributed over the next three years, the implementation That's of a, a six-week ban on recruiting mm-hmm. communications, the six-week ban on unofficial visits, and 13-day reduction in the number of permissible recruiting days during the 2022-23 calendar year. Also, no official visits for the late night in fog. That's the preseason Hoosier hysteria uh, example that they have at Kansas. That was for this year's event, which I'm assuming has already taken place. But uh, a number of things there, which has you uh, wonder, uh, are they preparing for trying to get ahead of the the curve here with what could be coming from the NCAA?
4: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I hadn't seen that list yet. But so so that's... That definitely makes you wonder. Um, it, it's just very, very interesting how they. It, it's always interesting to see how to see how programs choose to punish themselves, um, and and sort of like because it's kind of like when if a kid doesn't want to be grounded, uh, you know, you sort of like when, when you're little, you kind of try to self-impose your own penalties because there's someone that you're really afraid of, your mom and dad taking, uh, and you're willing to offer up several other things uh, as as collateral or as sacrifice if you're really trying to avoid something. Um, and so I think it's interesting what they were willing to put on the table there. Uh, just again, being specific about not having uh, recruits at uh, you know late night at fog, I think is really intriguing um, to say. To, to you know, there's obviously the understanding and the knowledge that that's those are that's an important recruiting night. But uh, you know, for, for them to kind of um, you know self-impose something like that tells me obviously they know it's valuable, uh, but they know they have to be seen. Um, you know, be really intentional about uh, you know punishing themselves. Um, because they, they think that the NCAA is going to want more than that, and they're trying to avoid it. Uh, so I, I think that's really interesting. Um, and, you know, so I could obviously see the NCA tacking on, uh, sort of seeing that and tacking on some more or having stuff and, and knowing they should tack on more. Uh, but bottom line, all of that does add up. Um, you know, all, all of that self-imposed stuff adds up. When you talk about three scholarships, we talk about a lot of, you know, changing, you know, let you know recruiting communication, um, recruiting visits, you know, all of it comes together, I mean, any one of them might not be that big of a deal. You can sort of circumvent it and, and lead it to not um, hitting you that hard as far as getting players. Um, you know, but you know, Kansas obviously goes after some of the best of them, um, and they're not necessarily they don't necessarily recruit the same way that Kentucky has or Duke does um, in terms of just going after 10, top ten guys every year they, they tend to get guys to stick around uh, that are you know more of that 20, 30, 40 year range. They still have to get great players to, to continue to be on the, the level they're at, um, and you know there, there's going to be stretches where they're not going to give important recruits attention, uh, you know, the, the, with the self-imposed penalties. So, uh, so, so that's going to make an impact. I mean, is, is that going to knock Kansas all the way off? Would would it be, um, you know, you certainly would think that the the biggest thing that could throw them off their game would be to, to go away from Bill Self, go you know, go try and make another hire. Um, so, but there there is a lot of, I think, painful penalties that that you just listed there that uh, that are going to make an impact on Kansas recruiting over the next few years.
2: Yeah, most definitely. Dustin Doac of the Bloomington Herald Times, let's get into some IU basketball stuff uh, next here. Um, you know, lots of excitement about Jalen Hood Shafino and Malik Renault uh, on uh, spe- specifically even on uh, Saturday based on their performances. And I think both of those guys can be, factors for sure in the upcoming IU season. And I know Jalen Huchofino is getting all kind of praise as a freshman and an NBA prospect. But I do want fans that I'm hearing from to maybe temper themselves just a bit because um, it was Marion. It wasn't uh, Kansas or a big non-conference game or even a Division I opponent. So as people get carried away and excited, I think that's great. I do think both of those guys will be impact freshmen for Indiana, but we do need to remind ourselves that Marion on Saturday and St. Francis coming up tomorrow night—they uh, are lower-level college basketball teams.
4: Yeah, no, I mean obviously they're in it's NAIA ball. I mean, worth pointing out though, Marion has several Division One transfers. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, um, you know, a guy from Arizona State, and I know there were a couple more that I saw, who, you know, which ones I can't remember where they, where they came from, but they had some, some Division One guys who transferred down, but obviously they transferred down because they weren't playing enough, and, you know, if they had to go all the way down to the NAIA, uh, you know, that's a pretty far distance, um, you know, from Arizona State and from major Division One programs. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I I think, and obviously it's a well-coached program for what it is. They win, um, you know, so I don't want to take everything away from Marion. It's lower-level, it's lower-level recruiting, it's lower-level bodies, but ultimately um, it's a pretty well-coached basketball team, and basketball team wins. I think, uh, you know, uh, obviously you you can't take from what you saw from Saturday and say, okay, these guys are going to be all americans You know, Molly is going to average 14-11 every night, um, anything like that. But... You, you saw. I, I, I do think there was a lot of positive that that if you were sort of not sold yet that these guys are going to be impact guys. If, if you if you um, if you were of the sort who were sort of recruiting obsessed and you know were were just wanted to see just anything at all to tip you over to full blown you know losing your mind to stare at, it, stare at and, and crowning them you know crowning Good Shafino the next Michael Jordan and and you know Malik Reno, Maquim then Then no, that's that's not what you saw. Uh, you like you know, take it back a notch. But if you were you know one of those types that that doesn't believe anything you see about a freshman uh, until you see them live, uh, I, I think you saw a lot of things that you had to be you know pretty um, impressed with. I mean, I, I thought you, know, you you saw I think a lot of what you've been hearing about Renew um, and his ability to he just he doesn't get sped up. He he gets to his shot. He he you know like does his moves. You can't sort of take him out of his game. Um, and I think you saw that. I mean, it was just really smooth operation, uh, you know, inside just with the spin moves and the post moves and the hook and everything like that. Um, and also, just on, on the occasion he had to do it, you know, did have a coast to coast layup, you know, basically just, you know, sort of had that uh, proved that that's something he's been working on is the ability to, you know, grab the rebound, take it up yourself, you know, don't have to use an outlet, allow the guards to go run around um, and space out. And if you have to, you know, take the ball all the way around yourself, he was able to do that um you know, did a good job of rebounding and i i think even uh you know obviously it's going to be harder against you know teams with um real division 1 talent but um just even a few things he was able to do regardless of who you're doing them against just you know look smooth and can translate uh and hutchfito on on the same way i mean like uh you know that mid-range jumper is pretty the form is pretty and and the way that he plays on you know uh, really athletic, but under control, uh, I, I think stands out, and I think is going to translate pretty well. Um, you know, again, is he going to get be five of eight for eleven in, in in you know relatively short minutes every night and, and blow teams out by thirty? You know, no. Um, but I, you know, I, I do think that you you saw real stuff there that is going to be translatable. You know, the amount of athleticism, the, the control, the just I don't know, just overall basketball talent. Uh, he's got uh, looks very, very translatable like it's it's something that he's not going to be out of sorts at all once they start playing real teams
2: yeah for sure dustin doperak the bloomington herald times is my guest another topic i wanted to bring up with you today is three-point shooting and i was reading a story from zach and your colleague with the star nine different hoosiers attempted a three-pointer in the exhibition game on uh on saturday five hit at least one but only 19 attempted for the game. So a little better than 17.7 that were attempted by you on average per game last season. Your early synopsis of things, I know we've only seen one exhibition game against non-Division one defense, but is there reason to be a little hopeful about better shooting, better three-point shooting specifically by this team?
4: A little. I think there are some things that I, like, if, if, if. If I was an IU fan and I wanted to be convinced that this is going to be a good shooting team, I'm not convinced. Um, and part of it is is that I feel like the guys that are going to have to take a, a lot of them and have to make a lot of them didn't necessarily. Um, you know, there, there were a few. Uh, and I will get into Ray Thompson in a minute. I think that's is something that's worth discussing on the own. I, I think the fact that, that is the two starting guards, two starting point guards, and Xavier Johnson and Porchepino didn't make any of theirs. Um, is concerning um, because I think those point guards need to be able to hit shots. Um, especially if you're, going play, if you're going to play with them both together, uh, and you know they're going to, you know, each of them is going to operate off the ball almost as much as they operate on. Uh, there's got to be a shooting element there. Um, you you've got to get, you know, those are going to be your starting one and two, and, and even if they're interchangeable, uh, you can't get the zero threes out of them. Um, you know, there's got to be shooting there, and I think Johnson. Uh, Johnson's form looks looks a little shaky, and you're kind of reminded that he was very much shrieky, uh last year. And, and you can't pencil him in uh, at 38 percent this year, you know, just because that's what he was at last year. And he really uh, uh, found a rhythm at the end of last season. That doesn't necessarily mean that's where he's going to start this year. Uh, you know, he he has to find that level of consistency, and it's not necessarily automatic. Um, and you know, Hujafino you know, is a you know has a really really good mid range shot. Um, can hit threes. Absolutely. But I don't know, you know, like he is not an established great three point shooter coming in. Um, so the bottom line is you're going to need threes from those guys. You know, you're, you're not going to be able to not shoot with them. So that's important. You know, Miller cop only taking one, um, he hit it and it was in transition, but it was in transition basically. I mean, like, so you're, you're going to need Half court threes uh, from uh, from Miller Kopp. Uh, you need a little bit more about that. You need, need to have him be more, uh, a little bit, at least a little bit more aggressive with it, a little bit more aggressive by you getting him those shots. So, so that on one hand makes you nervous. But on the flip side, what makes you happy, you know, with CJ Gunn looked really confident shooting the ball, and Ray Thompson looked really confident shooting the ball. And obviously, it matters for spacing if Ray Thompson is a real threat at the four um, and you can run him into situations where you can throw him out to the corner and force people to guard him. Um, you know, it, it it opens things up. It opens up the pick and roll for uh, Johnson and Jackson Davis. When you're going to have fewer defenders in there, fewer bigger defenders. You know, how you will have stretch a big body out to the corner and force him to go uh, out there. If Thompson can be a 35% three point shooter, um, and you know, hey, I thought I thought his mechanics looked a lot better. He looks a lot more. You know, I, I, there is something noticeable and tangible about uh, how he was shooting the basketball. It, it didn't seem accidental, and he seems like he's got. A lot less wasted motion and a lot more repeatable shot right now. And if that, uh, you know, carries out and he ends up again, he he doesn't have to be three for four every night. um, If he's half that good, you know, if he's three for eight every night or whatever, or he's you know two for uh, five or, or you know like that still matters. You if you have to defend him out there, that makes a difference. Um so I, I I think those those were two really good signs. Trey Galloway hitting his one was uh, I think good. If you get any kind of three point shooting out of there is important. And and you gotta remember again, I think the guy who might be the highest volume outside shooter on the team who might end up being uh could be Tamar Bates and he didn't play at all. Um and so it, it, I don't think anyone's talking more about someone improving this issue than Bates. Obviously he won the uh three point contest in the Hoosier Hysterics event, you know, he hit like I don't know, twenty in a row or something crazy. So, you know, like if he is as much better of a shooter as it seems, um, then, you know, again, you saw some level of improvement without your best shooter, your potential best shooter on the floor. So um, we'll see if that turns out to be the case. But, you know, I think there there are reasons to have sort of hope about the three-point shooting. I'm not necessarily convinced by it, but it, there's reasons for hope there.
2: Talking to Dustin Dopierak, the Bloomington Herald Times, another uh, exhibition game coming up, the final exhibition game coming up, On Thursday night, I always look for local connections, whether it's an IU connection or a Southern Indiana connection on these exhibition teams. And with Marion, we had a few. And we'll also have a couple with St. Francis as well. Locally, Brandon Northern, a graduate from Silver Creek, is on St. Francis as a freshman. And probably more known to all IU fans is Damon Bailey's son, Brayton Bailey, who had a really good career at Bedford North Lawrence. He will be on the St. Francis team as a key player and a junior guard for St. Francis. So kind of a neat sidebar to this game. Damon Bailey, I'm sure, will be there with his family and his son will get to play on the court where Damon had so many uh, memorable moments and a Hall of Fame career for the Hoosiers years back.
4: Yeah, that's really cool. I, mean, I think, obviously, they they determined that they were going to do exhibitions this year, uh, and so I think it's really cool that Michael Woods seemed to just do a good job of connecting with um, you know, get, getting those ties in. Obviously, you know, Marion uh, with Steve Downing, you know, the athletic director, they managed to use that uh, as an opportunity to honor the '72-'73 Final Four team, uh, which I thought was, was was really cool something to do for the exhibition. Um, and so then, yeah, getting you know Damon Bailey's son uh, in the building, I think, is is also really cool. I, I, I saw another thing on, on uh, Twitter today that uh, Huntington University. I think uh, their basketball, their, their men's team. Uh, was coming through and um, uh, on their way to Evansville for for an exhibition game and and Mike Woodson let them use uh, Um and so um, I thought that was really cool too just just giving the opportunity to have a practice there and, and be in the facility and, and walk in Assembly Hall and whatnot um, you know and and so that's really cool I mean it, there there are there is only so much um, you know I, I, I guess immediate tangible value that you get from um, treating. Smaller programs in the state. Well, uh, it doesn't necessarily help you with recruiting or anything like that. You know, you, you can't point to, okay, well, this is the payoff uh, that we're going to get from this. But there's still a value, just an overall goodwill value, um, you know, for IU, but just you know, for the soul, if you will, uh, if, you know, that, that uh, you know, they're they're giving opportunities to smaller in-state schools uh, to connect with IU. Uh, and 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 just sort of you know create connections there, and you know give some smaller you know state school kids uh, an opportunity to play on the assembly hall floor, or just be around the assembly hall floor. You know guys that would never be recruited at that level. You know just they get to touch it, they get to walk around, they get to you know take a picture at half court, stuff like that. Um, you know that's good. That's just just again ultimately I think good for IU to be in that business to, to operate that way. I think it's it's good for the flagship institution too. You know, just help out, you know, some of the smaller schools in the state.
2: Isn't Huntington where Steve Alford's son is the head coach? I think.
4: Sounds right to me. I think so. I think so. I could be wrong. I I mean, they're they're also coming off some bad stuff with the track program, but still. Yes. You know, connecting still is a big deal. Mm hmm. Yes,
2: absolutely. All right, uh, Dustin Doperak, the Bloomington Herald-Times. Dustin, thank you. Uh, as we go, real quick, a parting shot on IU football. Is it going to get real ugly this weekend?
4: Yeah, good chance. I mean, obviously with Cam Camper out, um, you know, that that was their just best option on offense on so many occasions. It was like, just throw it Cam's way and he'll make something happen. So you you, you take away the guy that could just find a way. Um, and you know, then you got to figure something else out. They've, they've obviously had a very hard time doing that. could be interesting to see if they change quarterbacks. Obviously, Tom Allen was, um, you know, purposely non-committal. Um, but but you know, when I said, hey, you know, if, are you saying there's a chance Connor like won't be the starter, he said you'll have to see who our starter is going to be. Um, so that means it's up, it's at least up for discussion if it's not happening um, that there's going to be a move there a quarterback. Uh, and so obviously, you know, the one good thing they've got going for them, the one that I guess gives. Them um, is, you know, Penn State's, uh, State's higher-level aspirations are out the window um, as far as, you know, because, I mean, obviously they go into season hoping for, you know, a national championship run or a Big Ten championship run, and now they've lost to Michigan Ohio State. You know, their uh, sort of high-minded aspirations are lower now. You know, they've got an easy schedule down the stretch, and they should just run the table and go 10-2, and Um but you know they're going to be carrying that sort of lost dream thing, uh, you know, with them. And so there's always a chance that you can uh, surprise somebody that way. But I don't know that Indiana has the weapons to make the pay uh, if they come in, um, sort of dragging their heads a little bit from uh, from the Ohio State loss. So you know, I, but uh, talent wise, I don't, I don't, I just don't know how. Uh, you know, Penn State's obviously got a lot of. Uh, a lot of talent on defense. Their their overall defensive numbers aren't great, but they've really got a really good secondary, so it's gonna be hard to throw on them and there's enough guys in that front seven that can cause problems. That I don't think it'll be easy to run. Um, and then on the flip side obviously they got a lot of offensive talent with, you know, those those young running backs and K Sean Allen and uh, and Sing- Nick Singleton and um, you know, Clifford can make some mistakes but he can also throw the ball down field and you got a couple of really good receivers, Parker Washington and Mitchell Hindley um and you know some of those other guys so it, it nothing on paper bodes well for indiana now
2: yep i agree dustin Dopirak, bloomington herald times dustin thanks we'll catch up with you
4: next week sounds good thanks for having me
2: quick commercial break ahead and then a chat with josh cook sports editor of the news Tribune. we got some local sports topics providence football providence volleyball girls basketball season beginning and more coming up next This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill be treated like a God, just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison All
2: right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is going to join me. The Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texter writes in, curious to see how the NCAA handles the Kansas situation since they are dragging their feet on the Louisville issue. And that is interesting. So often these uh, potential problems, penalties drag on for so very long until there's any sort of conclusion. So uh, the fact that Kansas is taking action themselves at the level they are makes you wonder, number one, how severe things could be, but also how long will it take for the NCAA to actually come down with some sort of ruling Josh Cook with me Josh is on local sports you can read all of his work uh, daily in the News and Tribune and of course online at newsandtribune.com sports Josh we've got another busy weekend of local sports coming up Providence football in a sectional championship on Friday Providence volleyball in a state championship match on Saturday afternoon and girls basketball kicking off this week locally as well
1: yeah, busy, 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 busy. Of course, uh, you know it's an exciting time. Uh, yeah, Friday night should be a, should be very interesting. Providence in Tecumseh. Um, you know Tecumseh's uh, just having a great year, undefeated. Uh, I saw uh, I think one of their kids ran for like 350 yards and six touchdowns last week. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be tough to, to stop them. So that'll be. Uh, Priority priority number one for the pioneers, um, but you know I, I expect it to be a good game. You know, Providence has had, a, had a great season. Um, you know, they're, uh, they're really dynamic offensively, and uh, you know I think that'll be uh, uh, you know a, a good game. But uh, you know, I, I think Providence should definitely have a shot to win. Uh, but it, you know, obviously it'll, it'll be uh, it'll be a close game. They'll have to play well and do the usual, uh, you know, the, not have a lot of turnovers or any turnovers and uh, just, just just take care of the football and not make too many mistakes. So that that would be big. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's funny that Providence and Tecumseh are playing for a um, sectional title on Friday night, and both of them are playing for, for state titles on Saturday. Tecumseh is in that 1A Class A uh, volleyball state championship game Saturday morning up in Muncie, and then um, the Pioneers are in the 3-8 championship game at 4 uh, four thirty. So, you know, both schools have uh, have busy days, uh, a busy uh, 24-hour period there. But, yeah, that game at Providence, uh, Belmont game should be very interesting. Belmont uh, was the state runner-up last year, lost a, lost a five-setter to the Buffs in the final. So, Yeah, that'll be uh, that should be really tough. Uh, Belmont I think has three starters back from that team, and and, uh, you know Providence uh, has everybody back from last year. They didn't have a single senior uh, from the team that lost to Floyd Central in the 4A sectional final. So, you know, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be a very tight match, I think. Uh, Just just like uh, the semi state was for for Providence when when they won in five. over Western Boone, you know, it could go five again. We'll see. I don't know, but uh, you know, this has kind of been a, uh, uh, yeah, you know, everything's just kind of lined up right for Providence uh, volleyball team so far. You know, they they uh, uh-huh. they dropped back down to three A this year, and and uh, they just they just had a great, great, great season. You know, this year four A is so strong. Uh, you know. With uh, Floyd Central in, in Yorktown and Hamilton Southeastern, and it would have been very difficult for Providence to to make it, uh, uh, you know, what it's done in 3A. But they've uh, they've had a great, great season in 3A, and uh, you know, we'll see if they can bring home the state title on Saturday.
2: Girls basketball season, Josh. Also underway, there have been a handful of local games uh, last night and others will play later in the week. So the basketball season here for the ladies is underway, which means the boys will get uh, underway here very soon. Practices, uh, preseason stuff already beginning and regular season practice is about to begin for them as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy that it's already upon us, but yeah, we'll be be talking about the boys basketball season here uh, just in... uh a few weeks or a couple weeks, uh if if not before that. But uh yeah, I think uh last night New Washington was was our uh, only team to play, but uh New Washington played court at Courton Central and lost uh lost a tough one. It was only a ten point game. Uh Cordon Central was up, I think, twenty and end of the fourth quarter but but uh, New Wash came back in the fourth quarter and made a ten point game, so that's a good sign. Uh course, Holloway and her team but uh you know, uh, I think there's three or four teams that play on Thursday night you know, locally, and then, you know, more. I um, know one on Friday, and then more, as you mentioned, on Saturday. So, yeah, it's girls' basketball season is going get, to uh, get rolling, and uh, I think uh, probably by this time next week, everybody will, have this, well, almost everybody will play. I think there's a couple teams that don't play until the 11th or 12th, but still almost all of our basketball teams will play uh, at least one game by this time next week. So, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see. You know, we had we had a preview on Charlestown in today's paper, and Charlestown, um, you know, probably has probably the best local team in Clark and Floyd Counties. Uh, they open up the season Saturday. They play you um, know a little tournament at Jennings County. They did last year as well, so so uh, we might get, uh, get a chance to see just how good the Pirates are right off the bat. Because I saw Jennings County won its opener last night, um, so Jennings Jennings should be able to team this year, so that'll be be a good uh, measuring stick for uh, Scott Matthews and and his team on Saturday, so it'll be interesting to see
2: how that one comes out. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, before we let you go, I know Brandon Northern and St. Francis, they will take on IU in an exhibition game on Thursday. A lot of discussion about that here the last few days. Any idea what role the freshman Northern will have on that team this season?
1: No, but and, you know, obviously uh you know, he'll be uh he'll be a point guard. I was I would expect coming off the bench, but you know, it, it's it's really awesome that these kids, you know, the uh, Luke yeah. of formerly uh, Floyd Central who plays at Marion and now, now Brandon Northern from Silver Creek and is at St. Francis. It's really awesome for them to get a chance to play playing these uh playing these games against uh, IU and you know, some kids dream about playing at the Assembly Hall and and uh, never get a chance, but but uh, these kids get a chance to do that. So that's just awesome for them. And, uh, you know, going to be happier for those kids to, to get that opportunity. I think that's
2: really neat. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News Interview. Josh, thank you. Uh, have a great Wednesday. We'll talk with you next week. Sounds good, Matt. Thanks so much. You too. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday edition of the program. Don't forget if you miss us live, You can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. Have a great Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday. It's game day again for IU basketball, so we have that to chat about and plenty more. Alex Bolzich inside the hall will be one of my guests to help us with that on our Thursday program. Until tomorrow, this is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.